I am a fangirl of uh, a band you may have heard of. It's called Bon Jovi. And this is going to take me back and age me a little bit. But um, big, big fan and still am to this day. Um, But I actually had the opportunity to meet a couple members of the band, the most prominent members of the band. And, you know, things are not always what they seem. I mean, these guys are big rock stars, right? I mean, you see them and... The girls are screaming and you hear the stories of sex, drugs and rock and roll and uh, the hair bands. They were one of the hair bands. And you heard about uh, Richie Sambora all the time. I mean, obviously, his uh, escapades were all over the place. If if you're old enough to know, um, he dated Cher for a while. Um, He was married to... Heather Locklear, uh, for a very long time. Um, So he got around. I found out, though, when you get to go backstage, sometimes it's not at all what you are expecting. Mommy! It's the MomCast. Really, Mom? Mommy! Mom! You are listening. MomCast! And MomCast. Hi there, Stacy McKay, our producer, Greg Hansberry. Welcome to MomCast. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Sure. I went backstage. I got to meet Bon Jovi. Now, obviously, this is later, but, you know, I, well documented. John Bon Jovi is is a dad. I mean, when you meet him, he's still, first of all, ladies, don't get me wrong. <laughs> the hair. He's still gorgeous. Hair. And, and it's his hair and all of that. Um, but... Very nice guy. Obviously, a businessman knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, you know, you go backstage. Oh, this is going to be so cool. and It's going to be so wild. And it was very quiet. <laughs> it was just him. There was some food back there, a big spread of Italian food. Nothing crazy. Richie Sambora was there, you know, the wild child of the band. And uh, he was genuinely nice. Just kind of walking by and came over and said hi and talked with us and said, yeah, uh, you guys want to go see my my guitars? I'll take you backstage. <laughs> oh, we're going to see his guitars, huh? Right, yeah, wink, we wink, know what nod, that nod. means. Yeah, I know exactly what it means. He's showing you his guitars. Um, <laughs> well, he had like 20 of them, um, which was very cool. Don't get me wrong. But you know what you're expecting uh, with certain people. And he even said, you know, there's no drugs. Uh, there's no girls back here. It's very quiet. We're taking it easy. This is actually what we do <laughs> before and after the shows. Um, and I think about TV characters like that, too, or movie characters, someone that plays a part that they're so different from what they really are. Yeah. Well, congratulations, by the way. We're almost to March, and uh, I think this might be... Only the first time you've you've brought up Bon Jovi, right? In, in the MomCast, so it won't be the last self restraint uh, right yeah, there. Thank you, nice. Thank you. No, I totally understand what you're saying. It's not like what you think it is. It is. No. It's an all an act. It's all right. an act. My wife and I love uh, The Walking Dead oh, and the yeah. main character Rick Grimes. You know this this badass gunslinging guy right. who, who won't think twice but to kill you. And uh, we love we love his character on that. And then. Uh, uh, you know, it was recently Valentine's Day, and we were watching Love Actually, uh, and the same actor, uh, Andrew Lincoln, the same actor, 
plays uh, this sweetheart with a British accent, and it blew my <laughs> mind, and I couldn't get over it, and I just kept wanting him to, uh, you know, pull out a, a machete or something. But you, 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 they, I mean, it is their job to kind of put they're on so that good. act. Yeah, you forget that they're real people, real parents, uh, behind you know behind the the scenes. Well, and you know, on TVs and movies, I mean, sometimes they're playing polar opposites of who they are. I think about, and this is an old show because we're leading up to this because we have a special guest uh, this week. Her name is Suzanne Summers, and if you're old enough, you may remember her from a TV show called Three's Company. Or Step by Step. That's right. Mm-hmm. She was on Step by Step <laughs> later. She was also in American Graffiti. She'll talk about that. Yes. That was years ago. Um, that was like her first big break. Um and that's kind of why we're talking about this, because she played ditzy blonde. <laughs> I mean, to the hilt, right? She's um, pretty good. Yeah, and if you haven't ever seen Three's Company, you need to Google that. Um, ask Alexa, whatever you do. YouTube that. Yeah, you need YouTube to. That. Because she played this character that was just, yeah, just a very ditzy blonde, and she could not be further from that. I mean, just a polar opposite. She is and her husband multimillionaires because she's smart yeah and she struggled and that's why we're talking to her a uh, single mom putting herself out there and kind of she tells the story about how she kept her head above water and as a mom did what she had to do Suzanne Summers, I mean, your resume is huge um, but as an author oh my gosh the success you've had I know um you know, life's such an interesting journey, isn't it? Certainly wasn't my plan. Nothing, nothing I do or did was ever in a plan. I didn't have a plan. I um, was a teenage mother and uh, divorced um, a, a year into it because we were just kids. And it was all about my little boy and me against the world and trying to keep food on the table. And and uh, I... I I walked into a television studio one day uh, when I was 20 years old. I was hired as a prize model, and I'm just looking for any kind of work. And um, it's a one-day gig, but if you do well, it could turn into a steady gig. So I was kind of excited, and I walked in, and there's the host of the show. And I just, I just stared at this man, and then I found him staring at me. And it was wonderful and awkward and uncomfortable and like those... Um, you know, movie moments, really, where everything else kind of dissipated around us. And um, we started dating, and it took... We dated for 10 years before we got married, and because um, he, he had been married before, and he said that he never wanted to get married again, as all men say. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I, was, I was happy to have him in any way that I could. And we had children. I had my son. He had two. We had to blend them, and I lived in a different city from him. So it was during those 10 years where uh, I had to figure out a lot about myself and what had happened to me and the childhood I had. I'd written a few books on my alcoholic father, and so it was a rough start. And then in 1973, I was discovered by Johnny Carson in the commissary at NBC. So unlikely. I had uh, one credit. I was a mysterious blonde in the Thunderbird in American Graffiti, a movie I hadn't even seen because I couldn't afford it. 
And I didn't know it was the biggest grossing movie of the year. I didn't know it was going to go on to be iconic. I didn't know that the whole movie revolved around Richard Dreyfus looking for the blonde in the Thunderbird. I didn't know. It was one night's work with a bunch of people I'd never heard of. Who's George Lucas? Who's Francis Coppola? Who's Harrison Ford? I didn't know any of them. And so I, when Johnny Carson walked into the commissary, I was sitting there all by myself waiting to see if I got a, a small part on another show, a guest starring part. And he said, hey, little lady, what are you doing here? And I said, um, I'm, I have a callback, which I just learned what that was. And um, I, I gave him my little book of poetry. That was Wednesday. And on Friday night of that week, I made my national television debut on The Tonight Show. And I thought, oh, my God, they just love my poetry. But <laughs> I'm standing behind the curtain uh, with a dress that I wrote a check that I hope wasn't going to bounce. It was a $75 dress. I didn't have a dress. And I hear Johnny Carson say, we've all been wondering who the mysterious blonde in the Thunderbird is. Well, we found her. And no one was more surprised than me. The audience went, woo, and I walked out. I was on stun, and he liked me because of my small townness. He started having me on every month uh, to read him poetry. And my little book of poetry, because of him, became the best-selling book of poetry in America that year. And on one or many of those appearances, uh, the president of ABC was watching, and they had already done two pilots for Three's Company with two Chrissy Snows that didn't test well. And the president of ABC, who later told me, said, I got the girl. I see her on The Tonight Show all the time. So I went from nothing, from hiding in the closet as a kid, from the violence in my childhood home, to the shame of being a, a teenage mother and the first divorcee in my little hometown and all the shame that comes with it, to all of a sudden I'm on the biggest television show in the country, and it will never be that big again. Because if you remember, there's only three networks. If you ever had to be on television, I was on at the right time, and everything was amazing. And uh, I married Alan Hamill, and we're so in love, and our, we've figured out how to blend our two families together, which isn't easy. And I'm at the top of, top of, the top, number one show, the highest demographics of any woman in primetime television, and my contract is up. And when I signed, you know, I signed for nothing. But after year six and being on 60 Minutes and the cover of Newsweek and all the other covers and all the specials and I worked with John Wayne and Sammy Davis Jr. and Bob Hope and all the greats and Sinatra, every, I, um, my husband went in to renegotiate and they fired me because Laverne and Shirley had renegotiated uh, earlier that year. They're Laverne and Shirley, and they went in en masse like that. And they got big money in back end, so the network decided they're not going to let any more women in television um, uh, expect to be paid uh, commensurate with the men in television at that time. And I was it. I, and uh, nobody was ever more shocked than me of getting fired at the height of my success. So that's the lead-up into this book, but it's what happened after. Mm-hmm. I could have remained bitter and a victim and... Why me? And I could have gone there. But I heard a little voice in my head. It said, why are you focused on what you don't have? Why don't you focus on what you do have? And what I had was enormous visibility. Everybody knew my name, not only in this country, but around the world. So I said to Alan, I'd like to do a nightclub act. So he went to Vegas, and he went from hotel to hotel until he could get 
somebody to give me a two-year deal. And the guy at the MGM Grand said, nobody gets a two-year deal. Why do you want that? He said, because I know Suzanne. If she doesn't figure it out the first time, she she will. So I got a two-year deal. And in 1987, I was named Las Vegas Female Entertainer of the Year. And Frank Sinatra was named Las Vegas Male Entertainer of the Year on the same stage. So you don't like to do that little kid thing of na 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 but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> sure. When I wrote the book, I realized I'm a schmoo. A schmoo is like some this a punching bag my brother got for Christmas one year. It looks like a clown. It's got a clown face on it and sand on the bottom. You punch it and it bounces back. You punch it, it bounces back again. It doesn't matter how many times you punch it, it'll keep standing up. And that's kind of been a theme of my life. Whatever, whatever knocks you down... You got to get up again. You got to you got to reinvent. You got to turn right or you got to turn left. And that's what we have done in our business together and our family together and our life together. And I'm really proud of my life with Alan and that we turned lemons into lemonade. Well, you certainly did. And 25 books, 14 <laughs> New York Times bestsellers. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, here's that never would have happened had I stayed on Three's Company. Here's here's a benefit. When I started doing nightclubs, what are you supposed to do during the day when you're working at night every night? And I wasn't going to sit around and watch soap operas, so that's when I started writing books, and I realized that I was good at this, and I, I liked writing. And then I just, uh, every time I'd have a problem, I'd research it and figure it out. You know, when I gained weight, I wrote nine um, summer-sized books, and when I lost my hormones, I've written five or six books on how to put yourself back together again, and... And the books just, I have, I love writing books. It's such a privilege, such a privilege. See, what I tell you, a smart cookie, and I hate to say cookie because that almost is sexist. Is that smart Me too, cookie? me too. Yeah. Uh, well, but you can't say donut because then they'll she'll right. be like, what am I, a fat donut? <laughs> what am I you saying? Don't, you don't say anything. I, yeah, I don't know. Smart gal. There you go. Smart person, smart mom. We'll, we'll, we'll stick smart with donut. that. <laughs> You don't know what to say anymore, but but good for her and a very interesting story. Hey, before we go, I wanted to mention uh, we did this last month. We've got another one coming up, a sip and shop event with MomCast. If you're in the Columbus area, this is at Polaris Fashion Place. It, it's great. It's an awesome location. You come out, have a little uh, champagne. Um, there's some hors d'oeuvres. Um, they have a couple events. Last time we we had painting mm-hmm. little easels there, cool and yeah, thing. It, it was fun. Um, some fashion advice, and you get to be a part of MomCast. So uh, we would love to have you out. If you go to Polaris Fashion Place website, you can find it, and also keep your eye on our Facebook page because we'll put that up as well. It's a free event, but. You do need to register because, uh, well, because of the alcohol. We don't want to run out of champagne. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to pop in champagne right. left and right. right. We want to make sure we have enough for everybody. And it was, it was uh, I will say this, it was plentiful <laughs> on our last sip and shop. And <laughs> we, had <laughs> we had a great time. We had sushi. Yeah, we had a great time. So it's just a good time. To, moms, just to come out and relax. I, it, if you try to shop with kids, you know what I'm talking about. I cannot. My daughter's just now getting to the age at 11 where I can shop with her. We actually have a good time. But up till no, this uh-uh. point, oh my gosh. We just, just uh, got the uh, kids at the like little play space at the local grocery store. Oh yeah. And that was a life-changing thing when they both could go and, and play a Nintendo or whatever they do. 
And my wife and I just hold hands and stroll up and down the dairy aisle. <laughs> Not a care in the world. Yeah. See, something about being able to do that without distraction <laughs> or, to, you know, buy yourself an outfit or anything. Just go to the mall without the distraction. So uh, Sip and Shop coming up March 8th. And again, watch our Facebook page, but we would love to have you there. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to MomCast. If you get a chance, please uh, give us a review. It just gets, when reviews are written, it gets us out in front of more people. It kind of elevates us on the list of the thousands of podcasts that are out there. Have a great week. We'll talk soon.